Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. The Daleks conquered Earth. But before that, they just kind of stayed in their city like dodgems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, this is Matt. This is Luke. You have entered the... Sci-Fi Sanctuary. And today we are uh, going for the, the British staple here, Doctor Who, but the weird version. Uh, we knew we had to do some Doctor Who, but... So my first thought was one of the Tenet movies, or the weird one from the mid-90s, uh, the TV one. But your suggestion was? Uh, Doctor, Doctor Who and the Daleks. D-R dot in this case. Yes, literally Doctor <laughs> Who. <laughs> so um, just give, giving the rundown on this. Um, of the people here today, I guess I'm the, the least hooey, hooey, the least hooey. What are Who fans called? Whovians, apparently. Who, uh, but I think that's an American thing. Okay. Anyway, you know, this was on uh, TV, on, on public television in the 80s on Sunday afternoons. And I saw a little bit here and there, but I couldn't follow a full story because you have to follow, what, like 20 episodes, yeah? The old ones, yeah. It was always serials. <laughs> so it was like that, and I'd be like, what's happening? And then it would be This Old House and Bob Ross. So for me, it was all kind of thrown to that. When I first came into Japan, uh, one of the trainers, he was like, oh, you're into sci-fi. And this is right when the Eccleston one had come out. So. Right. I took his advice. I watched it. I liked it pretty well. But once Tenet showed up a few years later, I, I didn't really follow up so well. Um, I think it was a Black Friday sale. I got the first Matt Smith season. Okay. And I actually watched all of the Matt Smith stuff. So that is my doctor. That is my knowledge. Uh, as far as today's film, um, I think when I was doing that, I got the Tenet films. And I saw this and I was like, oh, this is like weird bootleg who. So I didn't go for it until now. Hmm. Um, now, now, Luke here is British. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah although being born in 1990 i was born in like the fallow period of doctor who because it had just stopped before i was born we got like the mid 90s tv movie and then it didn't really come back until 2005 so actually when i was a kid and when i was in school even in the uk you did have to go out of your way a little bit to be a doctor who fan like there were reruns on tv i watched a lot of John Pertwee and Tom Baker, but it was only thanks to my parents being super geeks that I got really into it, and I had a few Dalek figures and stuff like that. And then 2005, obviously, we got the remake, and I was like, oh, hell yeah. I was 100% on board from day one, and I guess I've watched all of New Who, apart from the season that's currently running, just because it's a pain in the ass to get hold of in Japan. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, these two movies were perennial, like, Sunday afternoon TV fair in the UK. Um, 
Although I always much preferred the Invasion Earth one. Mm. Most of what you complain about with this one, Matt, is not so much present in that one. <laughs> this, this one, it was a fun one. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess this is the first Color Who. Um, had had they only had the first Doctor when these came out? Oh, or these had they came made out like a, a year after Doctor Who started. Yeah, okay. And like the the serial aired in '64, and that serial was remade into a film the next year. Yeah, so they had a lot to extrapolate here. <laughs> yeah, I mean. As a Doctor Who fan, I understand the frustration, but if you're trying to put out like a 90-minute movie with people unfamiliar, I can understand why they were like, well, why don't we just make him a person? <laughs> him being an alien doesn't actually factor into this plot at all. But again, all of these, like, these crap companions are pretty much who he was traveling with in the first season of the TV show, <laughs> his granddaughter and her two teachers. Yeah, I, I, I was going to wait till our next segment, but my main note was we're looking at an action movie here with, like, nobody suited for action. Yep. <laughs> Jump over a two-for-chasm with safety ropes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one dude still stumbles down, and then what, hits, like, a ledge two meters down? <laughs> like, wasn't that bad. <laughs> but uh, one thing, I guess, um, you know, up until modern Who... Uh, production design was always an issue. And of course, this is the mid-60s, you know, like not high budget, but it is several cuts above anything we get on TV for quite a while, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it is It is a nice-looking movie that they're, I guess, blasting the lights on. That's the only reason I liked these films as a kid. It's not because they were good films, because I got to see the Daleks behaving the way I was told they did in the show, but never actually got to see. Yeah, I guess they're still a little creepy at this point. Slowly creepy, but... Well, when you, when you grow up as a kid in the UK, you're scared of Daleks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're tanks that can come in your house and get you. It's got candy color. So, I mean, you know, I didn't follow so deeply with um, Tom Baker or anything. As I said, I just see like a random episode here and there. But the color there appeared to me. So, you know, 60s black and white who I... Even now, I'm not sure if I how if I could make it through a whole lot of the early stuff. Well, you're missing chapters, too. That doesn't help. <laughs> Yeah, I've picked up one or two serials of the old stuff, and it is a slog. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, I mean, the really old stuff. Like yeah. Hartnell and Trouton. <laughs> Comedy also in big inverted commas. <laughs> <laughs> he sat on some chocolate. He fell through a door. Well, that, that younger dude does have quite a face coming out of the elevator shaft. <laughs> but I, I, I guess we're getting deep enough in the film now that uh, Luke, you should probably hit us up with the plot. Such as it is? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Doctor Who, his granddaughters, Susan and Barbara, and Barbara's boyfriend, Ian, are accidentally transported to another planet by Doctor Who's latest invention, a time and space machine called TARDIS, time and relative dimension in space. While exploring the alien planet on which they find themselves, the travellers see a city in the distance. They also find a small container of drugs, which they just take. Wishing to investigate further, 
Doctor Who pretends a component is damaged so that they can stay on the planet, and they go out to explore a little more, when they are captured by cyborg creatures which call themselves Daleks. The Doctor discovers that they have con contracted radiation poisoning on the planet, and the Daleks reveal to the audience that they too are trapped in their metal shells by the radiation. They intend to get a hold of these drugs so that they can free themselves from the confines of their city and allow Susan to go back and get them. As she collects the drugs, she is met by a Thal, one of the other residents of the planet and the original creators of the drugs. Susan returns, gives the drugs to the Daleks and has some spares for herself and her friends. They escape by putting some food on the Dalek's eye and pushing it onto a blanket. <laughs> And then they flee and attempt to convince the fowls to help them fight back, because the Daleks have kept the component which will allow them to get home. A riveting fight ensues, in which they turn off the power and the Daleks all stop. Then they get back in their spaceship, travel home, but accidentally find themselves in some racist old footage. <laughs> And that's pretty much the plot of this film. <laughs> to who actually do to solve any of their problems in this film he was like he was like the rear general with the fouls in the end like making decisions i guess yeah he tricked the censors for a bit but that didn't work <laughs> and he pretended to kidnap a woman so that the guy would want to fight <laughs> <laughs> Wh whose idea was to shove food into the eye and roll um, them onto the carpet Barbara's. huh oh, oh his, no. his idea to put them on the carpet it was Barbara's idea to cover up the eyes. Oh, okay, there you go. She just liked grabbing that goop, I think. She yep. really seemed into it. Um, usually we start off, we talk about actors, right? But there's just, there's Peter Cushing and there's David Bowie. <laughs> 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 like, all the fouls look like Ziggy Stardust. I love that. <laughs> oh, they are all super lame, though. <laughs> like, they look interesting but they're all just such massive dweebs yeah yeah they're, yeah. They, they're not that smart but my first note was when he shows up it's like fuck it's bowie I mean, honestly if one of these two species has to be exterminated i pick the fowls <laughs> yeah they're kind of like a slightly lamer version of the uh ones in the the original series star trek episode of the apple it made me think of that a lot maybe they had been watching this because this was first but yeah which one's the apple that's a uh feeders of val they're like they're all blonde hair, blue eyes, running around with no clothes, and they have to feed someone to the giant smoking skull or something. I kind of remember it, but yeah, yeah, it sounds very TOS. <laughs> and so it's it's like honestly, I feel like it's the definitive TOS episode, but this is not the definitive Doctor Who movie. <laughs> <laughs> Although you made the interesting point that it shows how good an actor um, 
Cushing is because you cannot reconcile this character with Tarkin. <laughs> <laughs> I, the Daleks aren't act, they're not acting at all, man. Um, I'm the least I've seen the least two of the the folks in this discussion today. Um, I feel like the Daleks aren't always this annoying. No, this is. <laughs> I remember the Daleks in these films being cool, so it must be the second one, because here they're super lame. They do look cool. They look cool, but their <laughs> their voice, they have... Um, Russell T. Davis made a good point. The difference between the Daleks and the Cybermen, the Dalek, the Cybermen are robotic and have zero emotion, right? Whereas the Daleks are meant to just be full of hate all the time. But these guys just don't seem to care. This one Shall you know. we kill them? Okay! <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't get an exterminate. No, we get an exterminate. Yeah, yeah, yes, they, we do. Okay. We don't get them, like, chanting it, but they do they say just they would say do it. They just say it, yeah. But, uh, so I felt maybe this was before it had become a full-on catchphrase. <laughs> but they definitely use it that way in the second one. And yeah, they don't, I think actually only had the first serial and this remake of it at this point. This Is this the... This is Dalek Mania time? There was a Dalek Mania, wasn't there? Yeah, this is this is prime time. Dalek Mania lasted about 50 years in the UK now. It's still going on. <laughs> well, that's why I'm trying to date it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess small children still get a little flipped out. I mean, yeah, I guess they are scary just because their voice is so grating. And those pauses, you just got to wait and deal with them. <laughs> yep. But, like, they don't even have a, a beam or anything. They just shoot steam. Well, so what they replace that with, like, five minutes of having, like, an early 90s RPG with a door? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I just remembered the scene you're talking about, and yeah, it was really irritating to watch. <laughs> My dude, just take off your shoe. <laughs> <laughs> with the colors, sorry, I'm going back to the Daleks here, but yeah, I, I did think with all the colors, it was sort of like, you know, R2-D2 and other astromechs, like, on steroids. I like that. That doesn't come through in the black and white as well. <laughs> I don't always like my Daleks too colourful, but they're fun here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, I, uh, back home in the UK, I have got a life-size inflatable Dalek, and it's one of these ones because it has the claw instead of the sucker. Ah. <laughs> um, that's really all the... There, there are no actors, really, I mean, <laughs> to talk about. Uh, are any of the other people in here notable? Because I, I don't know if they are. I couldn't tell you I recognised anyone in it. Okay. I don't even think the guy doing the Dalek voices is one of the famous Dalek voice guys. <laughs> Um, is there anyone else we need to talk about? Can you kill people in mid sixties British sci-fi? Oh, they kill them all the time on TV. Just, okay, just <laughs> I just wondered if there was some kind of rating thing here, where it's like no one can actually die. Oh, and also in the sequel, loads of people die. Oh, okay, we got an invasion <laughs> going. Yeah, no one eats it in here. Does it do any thousand? I die? think a couple thousand. Oh, that one yeah, thousand dies. Yeah, in the swamp. Yeah, but yeah, there's a pretty low death rate. Lots of Daleks die. Do they count? Is that is that is that being is that being uh, ignorant? Do Daleks count? <laughs> Yeah, of course they count. See, that's the why. That's the reason they're the way they are, Matt. Is because you say things like that. <laughs> you know, Barbara and uh, and 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 granddaughter Susan. They're you know whatever. They're fine. I don't want them to die. But yeah, I, I see where we are hoping the worst for for Ian. <laughs> Apparently, he's a jazz musician though. He should have gotten a jazz break in this movie. But yeah, I don't think it. They, you can't blame any of that on the actor. They've just given him a bunch of stupid pratfalls and bad jokes to be involved in. So. Or, we're already saying, what did they give Peter Cushing? A mustache, which he, I guess he had to grow himself. <laughs> Weak techno battles. <laughs> but uh, I think we should go where we're not going to slag on the film so much, except for one notable exception, with the design. Are we ready to do that? Yeah.
Okay, I guess we should come to praise this film a little bit, and there is a we can definitely praise some of the design elements here. There's a weird little thing here where obviously the TV sh- TV show was made on like a tiny budget, so it's set in like just like a little forest and a wasteland. So the film is set in that same location. So you think like oh, this is kind of a boring set, but then you occasionally just get like amazing vistas and designs and effects and stuff. Like, they could have just said it somewhere cool instead. <laughs> but I don't think they had the budget restrictions. The city looked good. The petrified forest looked cool. The swamp was... I mean, it was a swamp. There were some good, like, alien beasters. It's just... I feel like the only reason that the serial was set in corridors and a wasteland is because that's all they could afford. Well, my primary memory of Doctor Who in the 80s is, I guess, Sylvester McCoy running down cheap corridors. Yeah, yeah And I was definitely like, hey, these corridors look good. <laughs> also, that Dalek control room, I love that. Oh, the lava lamps? The, the lava lamps, but that that three of them, man. <laughs> but you know, all the wall stuff, it made me think a little bit about, like, Logan's Run or something. Yeah, 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 it's kind of a similar vibe. Um, you were mentioning the claw and the sucker. I, I, I'm not deep enough to get that, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, Daleks, usually, instead of having a claw, they have a sucker. Does the sucker shoot fire? No, they use it to pick stuff up and move them. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. We never got the fire, then. No, they just shoot a laser beam instead. Okay. <laughs> well, we do get one doing a little bit of fire when they cut the door. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, right, right. Putting Ian in the Dalek, do we do, we do that anywhere else? I believe that's from this serial. It is from the serial, okay. Right. We were talking a few weeks ago, uh, we got on a slight tangent, and we were, I guess the, the real creepy modern one would, would be the Weeping Angels, or is that now past its uh, do, uh, expiration date? No, they tried, to, they tried to pull them off again with the silence, but it wasn't quite as... But, um, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen um, the... You said you haven't seen the, the most current Doctor either, right? I've seen, I saw her first season. It's not, there's a current it's season airing now, okay. which I haven't caught any of yet. Who, who is she going up against? Um, so in her first season, it was all new monsters, but none of them were super memorable. <laughs> um, the one part of the design that wasn't... Okay, let me just do this with a sentence. There's a wooden chair in the TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> even in old Who, TARDIS interiors are phenomenal, right? And this is crap. <laughs> <laughs> On TV, Doctor Who, the TARDIS set is the one set they can use all season, right? So it's where the money goes. But in this, it's the set you see the least. So it's where they didn't put any money. The script probably just said, lab. <laughs> like, that's it. Well, at least the, the police box looks about right. They can just actually go and get one. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wonder if they, I wonder if they were, uh, police came after them for that. Well, they just stole a police yeah, they just box. stole one. That's, that's my canon. They just stole one. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit about the... Thals, um, li- they're li- we've had Ziggy Stardust living in the Ewok village, basically. Pretty much. <laughs> Walking around in their pajamas. <laughs> like, they're not in, like, a uniform or anything, so it doesn't give you a reason why they're all just wearing the exact same outfit. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the actual album, not Ziggy himself, either. <laughs> With Bowie standing by the studio, yeah. Um, Sorry, I just I just got my note. That I I figured out why I like the Dalek control room so much. Mm-hmm. It looks like um, Disney's Adventures in Inner Space ride. Okay, 
Yeah. Again, I've never been to any Disneyland. I've never so. been on that ride. It, it was gone. I mean, I've watched videos of it and been on like elements of it in Disney World, but it was a iconic ride in the 60s and 70s. Um, I think it was funded by Monsanto. <laughs> but yeah, you go in the um, the magic microscope, and they had an effect in the ride where it shows like the ride cars being you know shrunk down by optical effect going in, and you're supposed to be shrunk down. But yeah, their uh, magic microscope room looked very similar to the Dalek control room. So right. so if you want to get on a, on a weird Disney trip, go find a ride through video of that from, from the deep past or something. <laughs> I guess it's just 60s sci-fi aesthetic, right? Yeah, yeah. So they, they nailed it here pretty well. new hip-hop single man <laughs> has anyone ever sampled that not that i could find when i was trying to find that crap song to show you <laughs> well these days these films are kind of forgotten i think um the one so obviously got one sequel the year later um the only other time i've seen it is have you seen the film looney tunes back in action where there's a bit where they go to the area 52 and they just have a bunch of old B-movie aliens, which presumably were just hanging around on set. And it includes a couple of these Daleks. There's these guys. There's like Robbie the robot. There's like a gorilla with its brain hanging out. <laughs> so the hook, the hook is the giveaway. Yes. So I'm just stuck on the suckers and the hooks. I don't know why. <laughs> I would use, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, and also they're like American Hollywood ones, right? So they would probably be these ones. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's. I think there was a gag in one of the New Who books that. These films were made based on the Doctor's Adventures or something done like that. But they did make the, um, I guess, the biopic. Is it about the making of the first season? Is it? Oh uh, yeah, just well, no, it's it's about the whole of the first Doctor's time as the Doctor. I think because okay. it ends with him handing over to Patrick Chan. Okay, I heard that was quite good. It was very good. Yeah. Okay. Um, I forgot what it was called. Adventures in Time and Space. All right, Matt. There's Daleks, right? Yeah, you know, the plunger is there on. Oh, I'm getting images now to to work it out. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I, I, okay. Now that I see it side by side. Yeah. Um, when did the TV show first go color? Was it like '71 or something? It's the first Pertwee story because I think it starts in black and white, and then he gets regenerated and you see him in color. And uh, my other question, uh, as the novice on the subject, is: um, Is this the most Daleks we see together for a while? Yes. Um, I think the sequel tops it, but. Yeah. Uh, after that, the TV show doesn't have this many Daleks until, like, probably until New Doctor Who. Yeah, I seem to remember it being a big deal when, like, 15 Daleks show up uh, in the Matt Smith years. Well, I'm sure they used some split-screen trick photography a couple of times to show us a few in older episodes, but yeah. by the time of New Who, you have, like, armies of CGI ones flying around and ten different models on set. 
Um, yeah, I definitely, at the end, you said they, what, end up in a racist movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I, to me, I, I, my thought was it opened up and the, the box was actually, like, in the front row of, like, a movie theater. Yeah, that was such bad green screen and old stock footage of Zulu Warriors or whatever they were supposed to be. <laughs> Does the sequel pick up directly from here? Absolutely not, no. Okay, didn't. Okay, just <laughs> I, I was just wondering if they, they ended up in the future, so, okay, that's for another time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like I said, I have much fonder memories of that one, so I do kind of want to cover it someday. I did note that the line, it's a trap, is in this movie, screamed uh, Akbar style. Well, it's more, it's more screamed Princess Leia style. Okay, we got the Star Wars <laughs> connection at least. <laughs> oh, what word with the, the annoying Daleks here. Just, I came across my note here. Um, has anyone, I, I might have shown Luke a few weeks ago, but the uh, Germans who say nice things. You did show me that sketch. It's Steve yeah. Carell. Dana Carvey, it's like a 90s sketch. That That is what I was thinking with uh, the Daleks uh, the whole time. It has Steve Carell and Dana Carvey like, you know, you look beautiful in that red dress. But yeah, so that went through my mind for the Daleks here. Well, there's a Matt Smith story where they kind of revisit how weird that is. Um, the Winston Churchill one, they have the Daleks pretending to be human inventions who are just helping out. And they're like, would you like some tea? And stuff like that. <laughs> And it ends up being a trap for the Doctor. But yeah, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that when they're just like bringing them in. It looks like pizza boxes, but it's just sludge. You can put the sludge in the, the eye of Daleks, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I got two notes. This this Doc is uh, Vince McMahon. He just wants everyone to fight. <laughs> yeah. He's just setting up everyone to fight. And uh, you're saying he's a bumbling old man, doesn't do anything bad. But he does uh, lie to everyone to end up in the Dalek City. He's like, oh, I need a part, and it's, it's what does he need? He's, he needs mercury or something, and it, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, he just wanted to explore the alien planet, <laughs> and almost gets them all, all killed just with his little white lie there. Well, actually, it's not really a white lie; it's yeah, a pretty, it's a pretty big white lie. Yeah. <laughs> well, the way he plays it and the way the film's structured, it's not even like he's the main character. It's cool, Doctor Who and the Daleks, but it's about like Susan, or if it's about anyone, <laughs> and he's just her granddad. Um, whose idea is it to blind the Daleks with the mirrors at the end? It is his idea to, to shut, um, trick their senses with the mirrors. Okay, I think I, yeah, I wrote, because I was like, oh, proper doc tactic, finally. Yeah, but then it just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, that's blocked our senses, so we'll just open the door and go outside. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, but the, 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 the ground opening, that was pretty cool. That was, yeah, that was, that cost some money. Yeah, that, that, that is where, I mean, the, the design here is definitely cool. It's like we should, like, you know, go make a better movie in these sets or something, which maybe is the next one. I don't know. Well, that's that's all new sets, but that's like yeah, like destroyed future London, so it's still pretty cool stuff. kept seeing like the pin earlier i kept seeing them pick up things and wondering if they were going for sonic screwdriver when does that actually show up in the, the I canon i think that's another thing we don't see until partly okay that, yeah just i was like, oh we're gonna see it oh that's just a pin okay and there was something else maybe maybe the mercury thing oh is that no it's not i feel like it was never as overused in old two as it is in new Who. Yeah, and that was my other thought. I was like, geez, if they had that, they'd be getting out of jail a lot faster in this movie. <laughs> By the um, 
the Russell T. Davis rule, I think he said in an interview once, was it can solve any problem except the final problem of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it can never be the solution is to use the sonic screwdriver because that's lame. <laughs> Oh, and yes, the Doctor Who's, so we'll call him Doctor Who for once, because we can. Uh, yeah, his other dick move, like you were saying in the uh, the summary, it's just like, drugs, drugs, drugs. <laughs> Let's take the drugs. And then with uh, the first thou, it's like, oh, he just wants to tell the little girl how to use the drugs. There's nothing creepy about that or a second supply. <laughs> it's just like, I felt like I was watching an after school special. <laughs> And the Daleks give the drugs to your friends. It's like, that city's a party palace. And the TARDIS in this is just randomly jumping around, is it? Yeah, they just accidentally go there, yeah. Okay. He, fa- he falls on the controls at the start. Yes. Isn't there a 99.99999 chance that they would have, like, opened the TARDIS door into a vacuum? Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> sure they were going to say, oh, let's just check the instruments to make sure we're on a planet. But I just opened the door. <laughs> <laughs> You could do that in the modern TARDIS, though, right? Isn't there kind of a... Yeah, yeah, they yeah. do that a bit. But there's also... The modern TARDIS is, like, sentient and stuff, so they make the argument, oh, it deliberately takes him where he needs to be and stuff. This one is just a spaceship that a dude made, so... Yeah. Four years ago, I I drunk gift certificate at a, a, a Lego TARDIS set. It's still in Atlanta. <laughs> it's got Matt Smith and... And Capaldi, I think, and Clara has the minifigures. One day I'll build it. <laughs> I had the big TARDIS-shaped DVD box set of the first Eccleston series. Oh, that's and it. somewhere in the UK I've got a lot of Daleks. <laughs> and a remote control canine, I think. Where's your closest Dalek? I don't have any Daleks here in Japan. Okay, okay, just checking. <laughs> um, I, I guess, you know, we've kind of spoiled on how this movie rates today. But uh, just taking a look at as a piece of... Like you said, it's now been kind of weirdly shoehorned into the canon, so I guess that makes people happier to watch in that way. It's it's the uh, the film version, the the real film version in the Doctor's universe. So where does this sit now? I don't think I would recommend that a human being watch this. <laughs> How about a Dalek? <laughs> How about a Dalek? Could they watch this? I mean, it's like training on how not to deal with prisoners and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Although, it, it, I remember when we were talking about doing this episode, I said, oh, I like the second one more, but finally this one. I don't remember it being this bad. <laughs> so now I'm wondering if I'm completely misremembering the second one, too. <laughs> When's the last time you saw it? I mean, since New Heroes existed, so in my teens. Okay. But not recently. Maybe not in a decade. <laughs> It, it, it kind of, you know what it kind of felt like to me? Like kind of some of those early live-action Disney films before The Black Hole, like, uh, you know, Darby McGill and the Little People. It, it had that kind of vibe, and that made me almost slightly enjoy watching it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't hate watching it. Yeah, I guess you called out the, the Dick Van Dyke clone thing with Cushing early on, so. <laughs> but it didn't feel like there was super bored. I just, it just sort of happened. <laughs> but it was nice to look at, especially for 60s. Who... Oh, yeah, and again, before the new Doctor Who started, if I wanted to see good Daleks on screen, this was all I had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to give the uh, design prize here for anywhere before 2005. But <laughs> it's def- uh, like, If you're a Doctor Who fan, it's definitely worth watching as just as a curio. It's interesting to imagine the world where this like caught fire and became a popular franchise and the TV show was forgotten. 
Yeah. Maybe I was just rushing through it, but I did find um, the, the, in this podcast, uh, Luke tends to just like str- get the movies in right before we do it. Right. Whereas I, it takes me two weeks. I, I only watch like 20 minutes of something a day. I actually did get through like 28 or 30 minute chunks of this. I started watching it last night, but it was very late and I fell asleep. So I watched <laughs> most of it this morning. Yeah. Yeah, we, we were finishing up Flash Gordon when I when I showed up today, but <laughs> so um, this was my first time watching it. How about you? Oh, this was tenth. Uh, tenth? Oh my god! I don't, okay. I don't I don't keep count, but yeah, like I said, this was always on TV as a kid, and I did have the double bo- DVD box set team, <laughs> and I just loved seeing Daleks. <laughs> well, actually, I mean, watching it all the way through, this probably is only my third or fourth. It's, it's the second one that I watched over and over. Okay. My first thought was actually the, the 90s TV movie. Uh, is that better or worse than this? How's that right? I really don't remember that one at all. <laughs> oh, if we want to do a good movie, we just do the 50th anniversary special. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've just watched it the one time when it came out. Like, watched it as a TV movie. Because um, I remember my family hating it. And I think I just absorbed from them, like, oh, no, that's not good, Doctor I'm not going to watch that. I love Paul McGann and like his radio stuff and his brief cameo before the 50th anniversary was good. Like from Reputation, I feel like that one kind of goes on the shelf with a Red Dwarf USA. <laughs> that would just piss people off. No, I think they execute the master at the start. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe I have seen the first few minutes. That sounds familiar. I've probably just seen the first few minutes, though. <laughs> For me, it was like 2005 is when I first really gave any actual attention. So no, I remember... I have two memories. I remember, is there a motorcycle chase? And I remember that the doctor regenerates because he chokes on a grape. (laughs) Um, I guess we're going to start wrapping up here. Um, And Luke, you also have your Pokemon stream if you want to have a word about that. Oh, yeah, I also do another podcast. You can find that on Twitter and Facebook if you search for Luke Loves PKMN, where we cover a different Pokemon family every week. Um, I don't, when is this going up? In like two weeks' time? Uh, March... March 4th, maybe? I think you'll have, like, a ladybird and a dragon that is an apple. So... (laughs) (laughs) You'll find my tunes over at rovingsagemedia.bandcamp.com if you're into that sort of thing. You already know if you like Matt's music because you heard it during this podcast. And uh, anyway, uh, thank you for joining us. And and now it's time for you and and all of our our valued guests to get the fuck out of our sci-fi section.
I predict within 10 years, you will live in a push-button world. Piles upon piles of human bodies will be heaped in our thoroughfares as a warning. I predict within 10 years, you will live in a push-button world. Piles upon piles of human bodies will be heaped in our thoroughfares as a warning. I predict full medical attention by venting
radar where the body is turned to indestructible stone. I, I predict old medical, medical attendants by bending. Piles of piles of human bodies will be heaped in as a warning. I predict within 10 years you will live in a push button world. I predict within 10 years you will live in a push button world. I predict within 10 years. Wait, there's no grape choking? Have I invented that memory? <laughs> Does he, like, eat a grape at any point? Or have I completely invented Sylvester McCoy choking on a grape? I guess, as, I mean, I watched it when I was, like, six years old, so I just, I got in my head the image of the Doctor eating something, then him dying, and I've just invented that he choked on a grape. <laughs> maybe when your family said they hated it, you just instantly, like, rewrote your memories. Well, maybe I'm just having a bit of a Mandela, and I'm from the freaking grape verse. <laughs> <laughs> that must be it. Yeah. Occam's razor, right? Go for the... No, that no, the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's razor always go for the weirdest, least sensical answer. <laughs>